We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the making. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Edition. This is Derek C. Apollo, managing editor for Rams Talk, alongside the big man, Norm Hightower. Ready to talk some Rams football, previewing the game this week. Norm, how you doing today? Doing good, how are you? It's a wonderful day full of joy and cheer, especially with the Rams being 3-1. and one. Um, You were just mentioning something, just to kind of get started here. How's it been like watching the Rams get praised on ESPN? Yeah, we talked about that in our last podcast. Um, it's about time... Some people started coming around. There, this is obviously a different 3-1 and team than last year's 3-1 and team. And some of the TV people and radio people and former coaches and players are all starting to say, hey, these, these Rams are legit. Well, it's, it's a little weird. I can go back all these years to, you know, when the Rams, you know, got underway for the greatest show on turf season. They didn't hear, hear much about the Rams at all, even when they were, you know, 6 and 0 going to play the Lions in 1999. And it almost felt like a dream because to me they were ignored a lot. Now here these Rams are in 2017 and 3 and 1, fun to watch, just like that old greatest show on Turf team was. And they're getting all kinds of coverage. And it really has me thinking, you know, why? Well, I think we know why. They're in LA. It's the media area. But I think also, I think a lot of you know, I think it's been a long time coming for this team to actually do something, and it's getting noticed. This will kind of go towards uh, towards one of our questions on Rams Talk Facebook page. Don Campula asked or, or stated, the Rams feel real to me right now. How big was that win in Dallas? And I, 
I think the media has shown how big that win in Dallas was for the media attention. You know, to go into Dallas, first of all, they were on an eight-game winning streak at home. And for the Rams to go in there and beat them on their home turf, uh, I think I think that was huge. And I think that's that's why they're getting the attention that they're getting now. Yeah, I think so. I think question coming into the Dallas game was, you know, is this team for real? Is this team, you know, as good as they seem to look at, look like? You know, they, they scored 42 on San Francisco, sorry, 41. Um, they put 46 up on the Colts. Those are not very good football teams. The Redskins, they, they lose 27-20, and you find out the Redskins are a little better than, they, than we thought they were. And so you, you really don't know coming into this game what this team is really made of. And then they fell behind 24-13. And they just claw their way, you know, to a win in the end. And that says a lot about the team's character, the growth. And this is, to me, it's just growth we didn't see from the Rams under Jeff Fisher. We saw competitive football. We saw, um, we saw individual spurts of, of goodness once in a while, certain players. But in terms of a team showing resilience on the road against a playoff team, against a team that you have a long-standing franchise history with, I think that. that you know, tells you why the media is finally jumping on board with the team. Sure. Well, and you got to look at, you know, you got to look at the stats too. Well, yeah, they're first in the NFL in scoring. You know, the top five in total offensive total yards. That, that's great stuff to have, and that's exciting football. All you really need to, in my view, to besides winning in LA, if you can't win right away, at least be fun to watch. And this team's fun to watch. Well, sure, and, and, you know, look at Jared Goff as an example. Starting off the season as a starter, uh, he's got seven touchdowns, one interception. He's already over 1,000 yards with 1,072 with a quarterback rating of 112.2. <laughs> Not bad. When's the last time we saw a quarterback put up those kind of numbers? Rams. Yep, that's the last time. You know, it also helps he's got Todd Gurley there, and this leads us to – a question we saw on ESPN today from their, uh, the Rams beat writer Alden Gonzalez, and that is, is Todd Gurley going to be able to maintain this workload that he has throughout the year? Is he going to be able to, you know, keep cashing seven ball games, keep running for over 100 yards, 23 carries, 25 carries, 26 carries? Um, that's one question that he was asked. Um, he was asking, and, and my response to be is, I don't think he really needs to. It doesn't, doesn't seem like you would need to when you have so many weapons on this offense. He's a cog in the offense. He's a catalyst for this offense. But you know what? I can go back to, to days when Marshall Falk was doing the same thing in the Rams offense. And you know what? They still spread the ball around to Oz Hakeem, to Torrey Hole, to Isaac Bruce. And Marshall Falk didn't wear down. He got hurt as he got older, but he didn't wear down. I, I don't know if that's a question that really even matters. Well, and look at the shape that Todd Gurley's in physically. I mean, I think that makes a big difference. And, you know, I'm sure that Coach McVay and, and Gurley will have open communication with each other about, you know, I need a break, Coach, or, or whatever. But the team has so many weapons on it right now. I don't think he's going to see that kind of workload all the time and probably end up being, you know, a lot like Tavon Austin where he ends up being a decoy a lot. Um, which is great. So 
look at his stats for Gurley so far this year. He's had 86 carries for 362 yards, a 4.2 average, and four touchdowns. And receiving, he's caught 20 passes for 234 yards, which is an 11.7 yard average and three touchdowns, giving him a total of seven touchdowns on the year. Pretty impressive. It's totally impressive. And the bigger thing for that, too, is you know, he has enough people around him that he won't have to do that every week. He won't have to, you know, continue to work at that pace in my view. And that's a question the ESPN's had. Do you think they really need, that he really needs to do all that every week out? No, I don't think he needs to do that every week out. You got Sammy Watkins, you got Cooper Cup, you got Robert Woods. Um, those three are, you know, Todd Gurley's leading the team in receptions and yards right now. But that's just going to open it up more for Sammy Watkins, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods. So I, I think it'll be fine. I, I really don't see an issue with it. Well, and you can't forget Tavon Austin as well. He showed a little bit more of an increased role in the offense in the last, you know, last game. And, and so we got to expect him to keep moving in, into a more productive place in this Rams offense. That's, that's a lot of talent right there. I, I don't think many people enter this season realizing how much talent the Rams put together on offense. It's kind of scary. Well, they've definitely put a lot more talent on the field, especially offensively. And they already had the the five first-round picks on the defense, you know, in the front seven. Uh, looking at Tavon, he's had 14 carries for 81 yards, a 5.8-yard average with no touchdowns, rushing the ball. Where you've really seen a big difference with him is receiving. He's only had two catches for five yards. I can't imagine that it's going to stay that way. Uh, I really I really don't see it staying that way at all. And then you've got uh, Tyler Higbee you know, who's starting to step up a little bit. Gerald Everett's made some, some key plays. Uh, even Derek Carrier's come in and, and made some good catches for some first downs. you got Josh Reynolds. I mean, th- there's a lot of talent on this team. And I really don't see them slowing down much offensively. My biggest concern is the defense. You know, facing the Seahawks, they're going to have to put pressure on Russell Wilson. So let's talk about that, because in the past, in the last couple of years, the Rams have... You know, for the most part, have they've had the Seahawks number um, the last game out, notwithstanding. They they did that though mostly in a four-three. Now you're, you're kind of in a three-four. It it seems as though the off the, the offenses right now that against the Rams are facing are able to figure out the three-four pretty well. It, it just hasn't it hasn't gelled really. I don't think the, the defense has gelled. What will the Rams need to do, in your view, to to make that final move to? reach where they should be potential because there's playmakers on the defense we know that so what do they need to do next they need to stop the run uh they, they've given up 606 yards rushing in the last four games that's over 150 yards a game that's not acceptable uh the rams running the ball as well as they have have only put up 454 yards in in four games so we've been out rushed by 150 yards that's not okay they've got to stop the run they've got to force wilson to throw the ball and when they do that, they've got to put pressure on Wilson because he makes mistakes. He had two interceptions last week against the Colts. So, you know, he makes mistakes. Especially under pressure. Yeah. You get him you get him running and he, and he moves. And the Rams have been very good at that against Russell Wilson. They, they have, there have been games, five, six sacks. They, they have really put the heat to him. And I think that's the key to the game this weekend. I'm not so sure the running game is. Uh, right now, the Seahawks are going to rely on running back Eddie Lacy, who to me is probably the most, un, 
the most underachieving running back to come out of college in the last five, six years, in my view. He's, he's there. They already lost one running back from last week, Carson. So, to me, if you can, if you can pressure the Seahawks and, and, and get to Wilson, that offense is there to break down. But can they get to him? Well, they can get to him. I don't know if they can get him down on the ground, but they definitely need to put pressure on him. They need to contain him and not let him get those long runs on the outside when he gets free. But if you look at what Wilson's done and what the Seattle Seahawks offense has done in the last four games, they haven't been real impressive. The only time they were really impressive was the second half last week against the Colts. So I'm not sure that we have to do a whole lot with them as long as we're put, stopping the run and putting pressure on Wilson. Their their offensive line this year isn't as good as it was last year. So I really see an opportunity there for us to be able to, to get some hits on Wilson and, and really make him uncomfortable back there. But the only way that's going to happen is if they can stop the run. So I think that's the biggest key out of all of it. Now, do you think the Rams will get to him this weekend? Do you think that's you know, they'll be able to break through. Because, honestly, the pass rush has been okay. It's, it's been there here and there since five this year, but not what we're used to. Really not what we're used to in the last, you know, for the last couple of years. 2016, they took a step back pass rush-wise. And now this year, it just hasn't quite been what we'd expect it to be. Will they get there against this hurting Seattle defensive line, offensive line? I think they will if they can stop the run. Again, I, that's the key to everything because if – if they're forcing Wilson to pass more, there's going to be a more opportunity to get to him, number one. Number two, Brockers has kind of been impressive the last few games with the pass rush, along with Aaron Donald. I think last week the key against the Cowboys was the way that Wade Phillips kind of switched up the blitzes and started bringing Ogletree in a lot on the blitzes. Because they were able to stop the run in the second half, they were able to blitz more in the second half, which made a significant difference. And I think that's the key to the Seahawks. Take advantage of their their not-so-great offensive line, stop the run, and then once once they've got the run under control, hopefully with a lead, then they can go in there and start putting pressure on Wilson and make him have, you know, make him have to move around and, and hopefully make him make mistakes. Now, what are the Seahawks going to do against the Rams' defense to win this game? Run the ball. The- well, yeah. I mean, in terms of where where should be, where do you think are the serious holes specifically in this Rams defense right now? Right up the middle. Run the ball right up the middle. Because Ogletree hasn't been able to shed a block for the life of him, and, and neither has Mark Barron, really. And I watched a lot of the film last week, and when they were having success against uh, the Rams on you know, was on, on the running plays was when they ran it right up the middle and got a blocker out on our linebackers quickly. And that's the disadvantage of having smaller linebackers or hybrid linebackers, so to speak, is that they, they're not big enough and strong enough to really shed some blocks. And so once the offensive line gets their hands on them, now we're depending on our safeties to make the tackle. And, you know, of course, we were missing LaMarcus Joyner last week. Even though Cody Davis, a serviceable replacement, he's still he's still not LaMarcus Joyner. So the way that they beat the Rams is by establishing the run up the middle. And once they do that, the Rams are going to have to start creeping in on on the run, and it'll open it up in the play game or the passing game, and that's when Wilson will take over. So that's what they have to do to succeed. I think Wade Phillips knows that and is going to do what he can to make that not be able to happen. 
Well, I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make a prediction right here and right now. I'm gonna make a serious prediction. I'm gonna predict the Rams hold the Seahawks to less than 24 points this weekend. I believe that that we're gonna see some improvement there. I think the second half of that game in Dallas was a big, big booster for that defense. I think that they're gonna come in this weekend and be more prepared. And it wouldn't even shock them if they held them to less than 20. I really think that. I think, you know, Wade Phillips is too good of a defensive coordinator to um, helm a defense that's been this bad for very long. He's going to figure it out. And the Rams do have personnel, but they have people who can make plays throughout the lineup. It's just a question of them actually making the plays. You know, one of the, one of the questions I heard um, about last weekend, you know, is, is how many adjustments did the Rams make at halftime? And uh, I actually was listening to the, the, the Fearsome Twosome podcast, which I'm going to be honest, is my favorite. Um, but they talked about that very same thing, is, is the adjustments. And Gary Klein from the LA Times made the point that, you know, you don't have a whole lot of time at halftime to make adjustments. So a lot of that, you know, to me, and, and it's what he was saying as well, this comes from you actually stepping up and making plays that you were making to begin with. And I think we saw a lot of that in the second half of the Rams. I think they, they actually were where they were supposed to be. They were making plays they were supposed to make. And we saw some of the potential of how good they can be when they're, when they're on their game. And I'm, I'm predicting that right now. The Seahawks, the Rams are going to – this Rams defense is going to show up this weekend against Seattle. Well, your prediction isn't as bold as you might think because they've been averaging 25 points a game. So, Okay, fine. I'm going to go even better. I'm going to say – well, I'm just thinking in the last two games that you have 30 and 39. Okay, and this Seattle team, to me, in my in my opinion, is more talented than the Cowboys and you know the 49ers, obviously. But the problem with Seattle right now is they're not playing with they're not playing up to the talent. They haven't been for like the last two years, really. You know, this this to me is a team that should be a Super Bowl contender, and they just don't seem right. And they haven't. Am I wrong on this? They haven't seemed right for a couple of years. No, I, I agree. They, they haven't been playing up to their potential, and a lot of it's had to do with uh, with injuries and and their offensive line being different. But, you know, last week they put up 46 points, but that was against the Colts. That's not saying a whole lot. Uh, the, against the Titans they put up 27, but the two weeks prior to that they only put up 12 and 9. So, you know, they've scored more in the last two weeks than they have been against – you know, one good team and one not-so-good team. So, you know, if the Rams can hold the Seahawks to 25 points or under, they should win because the Rams have been averaging over 30 points a game. And if they continue to do what they're doing, I think they can outscore the Seahawks regardless of what the defense does. But I think that Phillips figured something out with Ogletree and Barron last week, and that is if he's blitzing them and not making the blitz as obvious – whether it's on a pass play or a run play, at least they're they're not so predictable of where they're going to be for the offensive line to come out and block them. And our secondary was doing a good enough job covering that they could afford to blitz one or both of those guys. And so that's where I think a lot of the difference came in. I spent probably three and a half hours the other night watching the second half of the game, and that's what I noticed a lot more was that Ogletree was blitzing a lot more and was shifting where he was blitzing from. So I think making that center unpredictable while our corners were able to cover is what made the difference. Also, I think the offensive line of the Cowboys got worn down last week having to block Brockers and 
Aaron Donald, and I think you were starting to see that line get tired towards the end of the game. So I think you'll probably see the same thing this week against the Seahawks. I think you'll see them score early, and then it's going to slow down a little bit. That's kind of that's kind of what I'll predict on that. I don't know if I want to predict points until the end, but I, I see them having a better offensive half in the first half than they do in the second half. Because I think Wade Phillips will do the same thing over again. He'll he'll come in with a package that he thinks is going to work. He'll he'll put it in play, and if it's not working, he'll make adjustments and fix it. I just don't think, contrary to what you just said, I think the Cowboys' offense is better than the Seahawks' offense. So I think that they'll be able to hold Seattle to less points. And it's at home. Hopefully the home crowd shows up. So you combine all those things together, and I think it definitely gives the Rams' offense an advantage. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I was talking overall team. You know, I felt you know talent-wise across the board, across the roster, I feel like Seattle's better. Um, offensively, now now your your running backs down, your left tackles down. You know, to me that tells me that the offenses are the Dallas. Dallas is better there. I still think Seattle's dangerous. <laughs> oh yeah, They're dangerous across the board, and so. I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go ahead and predict it. I, I'm not usually one to predict games. Um, I usually, but I'm, I'm going to go bull here. I'm going with the Rams to win 24-17. Uh, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. I think the Rams offense will do more than it share. Once again, I think the Rams defense will come up and finally start solidifying and jumping and setting the standard for the rest of the season. That's the story. Sticking to it. I'll be, I'm going to be a little similar to that. I'm going to say it's going to be 31-24 Rams. I think Seattle's defense might be a little better than Dallas's, obviously, so I don't think they're going to put 35 up. I think they can put 31 up, and I think you're, they'll be able to hold them to 24 points, so that's why I'm going with that. 31-24 Rams by a touchdown. All right, just for the, just for the, uh, fancy prediction stake. Just, just to kind of, you know, see what you say. How does Gurley do in this game? I don't know that Gurley will get 100 yards rushing, but I think he'll get 150 yards in total offense and get at least one touchdown. Maybe walking? I think you're going to see Sammy Watkins go for over 100 and get a touchdown, and I think you're going to see Cooper Cup with about seven receptions in this game. I, I find it interesting. I think we're, that's what we're going to see, actually. I'm actually in agreement. I think we're going to see, you know, Watkins having one catch, 17 yards last weekend. Um, we can't forget he's still part of his offense, and he's eventually going to break through. Uh, with him, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup back there, you know, that's a nice receiving core to to challenge the Seattle secondary. So I'm thinking we're going to see some movements there, with, especially with Watkins. I'm going to go. I'm going to go a little less. I'm going to go 80 yards receiving, six catches, maybe a touchdown. Well, and then right. don't forget we got Mike Thomas coming back this week too, who, who in our eyes hasn't been that impressive, you know, throughout last year. However, Sean McVay seems to speak very highly of him and, and is excited to bring him back and is going to keep seven receivers on the team. So it's obvious that he's going to make him part of the, the game plan. So do you think we'll see much of him? No, I don't. You may see him a couple of times. You know, honestly, I'm more interested in seeing – I, Josh Reynolds, I'm just, I really want to see him, what, I want to see what he can do. I think the Rams may have something in him, and I'm just waiting to see how the Rams use him throughout the rest of the season. So, uh, that's what I'm, that's who I'm really keeping an eye on. Just waiting to see how they use him. 
Well, he didn't get any credit for it, but he laid a guy out on that Todd Gurley reception for 50 yards and a touchdown. Uh, as they show the replay on it, you'll see a Rams player level uh, one of the defensive backs, and that was that was him. I think he's definitely earning more playing time on the team, and I think if they get closer to the end zone, he may be a better option than, you know, like Tavon Austin at receiver. Now, if they use him as a running back and, you know, whatever, that's different. But I think, you know, you put Josh Reynolds in as a receiver at the end zone, you got the height, a guy who's going to win more 50-50 balls. So I could see him definitely making a difference there. All right. Now, before we we sign off for the – for the uh, rest of the week here. One more thing I want to bring to you. Two more things. A, Norm, we're a quarter of the way through the year. I want you to go ahead and give a report card. Think about that for a moment. A report card on where you think this team is and what you think the, 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 peak in, the peak this team can reach is for the rest of the year, okay? Think about that for one second. While he's thinking about it, what I want to present to you here at Rams Talk, we are always looking for sponsors. So if you're interested in sponsoring us for the podcast, having your business put out there, Please don't hesitate to contact us. You can reach us through the Facebook page. Just hit a message and, and talk to us. Or you can contact us at ramstalk9645 at gmail.com. We are glad to do business with you. We're glad to help put your business out there. And, again, if you're interested in sponsoring us, let us know. You can reach us on Facebook. Hit the message button. Talk to us. Or you can reach us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. All right. Norm, grade the Rams. First four games. I, I think you have to give them an A for sure. Uh, the, the win at Dallas really solidified that in my eyes. And also seeing the Redskins play the Chiefs, which the Chiefs look really good, and watching them play them all the way down to where it almost went into overtime, uh, it shows how, how good the Redskins team is. And with the Rams only losing to them by a touchdown, that helps me out a lot. And the fact that, you know, we're, we're leading the NFL right now in scoring under this new Sean McVay system uh, and having three wins, I think you have to give them an A at this point. And I think looking at the next four games, you have to wonder. I mean, they play the Seahawks next, and, you know, that's always a tough game. If the Rams come out of that and go 4-1, and one, their next game is at the Jaguars, which they're – a better team than they have been, but still beatable. The Cardinals, which earlier in the year I, I would have said, I don't know that they, they can beat the Cardinals, but after watching the Cardinals play, uh, I'm going to change my view on that. And the next game is at the, at the Giants, who's been atrocious so far. So they have a good shot at going 3-1 and one or 4-0 and oh in this next quarter. And I never expected to say that but that's kind of where I'm looking right now so I could really see them at the end of week nine because they have their bye week at week eight I could really see them at week nine being six and two or seven and one and I think we'd all be thrilled with that thrilled is is an understanding (laughs) um I'm gonna go I'm gonna grade them right now at you're not gonna like I'm, I'm gonna go to B Okay. The offense has been outstanding. It has shown some signs of not being able to finish drives, especially you know, against the Cowboys. Um, the defense has had its moments. They've had a couple bad halves. I mean, to me, a B is still good considering well, where they're coming from. You know, where last year was pretty much it's just given you're going to have a D or an F. So a B, a strong B, 
um, pointing towards an A. If, as we see that defense getting better, as we see them kind of fine-tune the offense, get better in the red zone, I think that'll change. Right now I'm going to give a solid B. And I'm, I'm also going to be a little bit more cautious when it comes to the next four games. The Jaguars are an improved team. The Cardinals are still dangerous. They're getting older. Um, some things are out of sync there. Carson Palmer is probably the main reason for that. And, and i got to be honest, the Giants are 0-4. They haven't been very good. That, that, that roster is low with talent. There's a lot of talent on the Giants roster. And it wouldn't surprise me at all to see them turn the season around. So, you know, they, they, I think you're right. The Rams could, could wind up being 6-2, and 7-1 coming out of that stretch. But on the same token, it, it wouldn't shock me to see them at 5-3 and three or, heaven forbid, 4-4. Four and four. Not because the Rams are going to get that much worse, but because these teams are facing are dangerous. So I'm going to be a little bit more cautious than you are. Um, to me, it could really be anywhere. They could be four and four to seven and one. You never know at this point. Yeah, I'm guessing they're going to be six and two uh, by the end of week nine. Oh, um, I hope you're right. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it, as you say. <laughs> I hope you're right, and, and and that'll be great. I think part of me is kind of wishing the bye would come now, so the Rams could get a week off to really work on that defense. But if they can go to the bye, you know, at you know a good mark, I, I'll I'll take it. If we have to wait a little bit and it gets that by and they're 7-1, 6-2, I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll take it. And I think any Rams fan at this point would take it. Again, just just for those of you in L.A. who are just who are just kind of getting attached to the team a little bit, the Rams haven't had a winning season since 2003. That was the year they won the NFC West. They lost to the Carolina Panthers in overtime, 29-23. Horrible memory. You know, that was the year of... But I believe that wasn't that the year of the wardrobe malfunctioned in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I think so. Uh, yeah, so you know, just bad memories all around. Um, it's been that long, folks. It's been 14 years since we've seen this Rams uh, team finish with a winning season. So it looks like they're on the path for that to finally happen. And I think many of us who've been following this team for a while will definitely go out and enjoy a beer um, just if they see this team win a game. Well, that's why that's why you're cautiously optimistic, I'm, and and so is anybody else that's been on TV. It's like they they throw an asterisk up there because the Rams were three and one last year, and then they only won one game the rest of the season. Uh, so that memory is definitely there. But you know, I, I see huge improvements with this team from this year to last year. So I'm I'm still cautiously optimistic as well, but. I'm not quite as cautious as you are at this point. Until until they show me that they're not as good as they are, I'm going to continue to believe that they are as good as they look. Well, I'm going to I'm going to but you know, it's not that I'm cautious because of the talent. I mean, you can look back at last year's offense and a lot of those same players are there still. You know, Todd Gurley, you know, okay, really not really. It's a whole new offense, but the potential was there. Todd Gurley was there, Jerry Goff was there. You know, they had some playmakers on the offense, including Tavon Austin. Okay, if this team last year just averaged 23 points a game, 23 points a game, they probably win the division. They probably do. You know, the, the reason why the defense struggled down the stretch wasn't because they were a bad defense. They struggled mainly because they were on the field too much. They were tired. Sure. So this was a, a defense that was worn out. If they just averaged 23 points a game last year, they won the division. And look at this offense they have now, and I think, man, 
what if they had this offense last year? You know, so it's not that big of a stretch just to show that there was potential in the last couple of years. We need to be honest and, and just say, you know, Jeff Fisher really blew this. He really blew it. And he may have started well in 2012 and 2013 and stabilizing the club, but he didn't. He, he was unable to adapt to the changing times of the NFL offenses. He was unable to bring in the right people to coach up his offenses, to be creative, and he was just stuck in the 1980s, running down your throat, straight the middle mode, and look what happened. This team should have been, been playing winning football two years ago. They've had a defensive talent to do that for a for as long as that. I mean, we've talked about this. It angers me to see how many years have been have been wasted from Robert Quinn's career, for example, and how many were, were wasted off of Chris Law's career when they've had pieces for a while. And Laurinaitis, and, you know, mm-hmm. you can go on and on and on. You wasted these guys' careers. I agree. I, you know, last year they were running a kindergarten offense out there with, with you know, decent players. They're – they obviously weren't as talented player-wise or, or as skilled player-wise as they are now. But when you have a system in there that, you know, anybody in in junior high school could draw up the playbook for, it's, it you know, that's obviously a huge problem. And and I agree with you 100% on the fact that because of that, the defensive, the defensive squad was on the team, you know, on the field too long. And they got tired, they got injured, they were beat up. And that's not their problem this year. Uh, they, you know, with the offense going out and scoring, the defense is getting a lot more rest. So that's why I expect the, the defense to get better as the season goes on, as they get more comfortable with the 3-4 and with Wade Phillips' system. And, you know, if the Rams continue to score the ball the way they have been, the defense will stay healthier longer. I, I really see that as being one of the major differences this year is the fact that, down the stretch, I think our defense will be a lot healthier and a lot stronger than they were, you know, in the last 10 years. Okay. Well, that really kind of ends the show again. Um, just to recap real quick, um, predicted the Rams to win 24-17. Norm's along the same path, a little bit higher scoring game for him, 31-24. He's calling for 150 yards, total yards for um, Todd Gurley, 100 yards, 100 yards and a touchdown for the man, the myth, the legend, Sammy Watkins. I'm going with uh, about 100 yards, full yards with, with for Mr. Gurley. I think it'll be a little bit slowed down this weekend. And 80 yards and a touchdown for Mr. Watkins. So, for Norm, this is Derek C. Paul here at Rams Talk Radio. We'll see you Sunday. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.
You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.